After yet another dominant, emphatic goalie performance, we're putting the question to bed for good. Philip Gustafson is your Game 1 playoff starter. We'll tell you why on today's episode of Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube or for free wherever you listen to your podcasts so you don't miss out on any new episodes here on Locked On Wild. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we... Put the goalie debate to rest for good as to who should start game one of the postseason with Philip Gustafson's impressive performance against Colorado. We'll also talk about how ironic it is that the Wild had scoring from not their key players as they were able to beat the Avalanche. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, and so say we... On the 30th of March, 2023, Philip Gustafson is your Game 1 playoff starter. Will not entertain any debate, will not entertain any level of Marc-Andre Fleury consideration after what he was able to do against the Colorado Avalanche to allow the Wild to continue their hold on first place in the Central Division. Ladies and gentlemen, Philip Gustafson was nothing short of sensational in that game, keeping the Wilds tied early on after the uh, Avalanche were able to tie the score at one apiece. Then the Wild took the lead. They added to the lead. Gustafson kept the Avs out of the net in the second period. And yes, the Avs did score in the third but he slammed the door after that and kept a furious avalanche rally um, from taking hold and from the Wild potentially suffering what would have been just a, a killer loss had the Avs been able to tie the score or, heaven forbid, take the lead and win it. But this is nothing new for Philip Gustafson. He has done this every step of the season. No matter what month, no matter what opponent, no matter what arena, no matter what circumstances, Philip Gustafson has risen to the occasion every single time he has been in net for this Minnesota Wild team. And you don't have to look any further than the stats. I mean, in the three months of 2023, Gustafson goes 3-2 and two in January, 5-1-2 and two in February, and now 4-1-2 and two in March. Peripheral numbers are uh, just unbelievably strong. Two shutouts in March, 944 save percentage, 946 save percentage in February, goals against average under two in both of those months. And even in January when his goals against average... Ballooned 
It was at 205. So Gustafson continues to put together impressive performance after impressive performance. He is a major, maybe the biggest factor as to why this team has been as successful as they have been so far this season. Now, if you want to look at the pedigree against potential opponents that the Wild would match up against, well, we can look at that as well. Gustafson's faced a handful of the teams that would be in the postseason picture. Um, For instance, he is 1-1 against the Los Angeles Kings, 2.46 goals against average, a 926 save percentage. If you want to go to the Central Division, 1-1 against the Dallas Stars, 1.97 goals against average, a 939 save percentage. Colorado, that ugly start to the season, and then the dominant performance um, against the Avs this week, 1-1 with the 3.61 goals against average and a 914 save percentage. Nashville Predators, he's gotten a win against them. Calgary Flames, two games Gustafson has played. He has not allowed a goal in regulation, 1-0-1, and has technically two shutouts against the Calgary Flames in that span. Hasn't faced this year the likes of Winnipeg, but, I mean, it doesn't matter the opponent. He has risen to the occasion and has just stymied opponents. And I know a big component to this success is what we saw from the Wilds' defense against the Avalanche and against other teams this year, to where if you are a player that is entering the zone, in the case of the Colorado Avalanche, you're presented with two options. First option is to shoot immediately so as not to have a pass attempt poked away by defenders waiting in front of the net or to try to work it behind the net and to set up presence there, in which case that's probably not going to work either. So yes, the defense has been a component as well, but the only instances in which the Avalanche were able to break through, there were a couple of posts hit along the way as well, but the only instances in which the Avalanche were able to break through was that just bizarre sequence on the power play in which the entire power play unit got sucked in right in front of the net and just lost track of the fact that time was winding down. And so then you you give up a breakaway goal. And that's one where you as a goalie can do only do so much before the opponent just um, is able to really dictate how those types of matchups go. So take the breakaway out of the equation. There's only one goal that was able to get past Philip Gustafson, and that was in the third period. So you take an avalanche team that put a volley of shots on net, 44 to be exact, and Gustafson comes away with the win. You look at how he's done against some of the top teams in the entire NHL, 
New Jersey Devils, 2-0. Three goals allowed, a 961 save percentage, and a 1.39 goals against average. The just we we could go on and on and on. Tampa Bay Lightning held the Lightning to one goal on 30 uh 34 out of 35 saves. And so the numbers are one thing that just speak for themselves. We haven't seen the ebbs and flows, the high peaks, low valleys. We just have seen a very elevated performance from Philip Gustafson all season that he has been able to, like clockwork, churn out amazing start after amazing start. And so I just don't see any way that you see what we have seen from Gustafson and decide to go the other route with it. And yes, Flurry's been great. He is on a stretch in which he's playing some really good hockey and has had really good moments throughout the course of the season. But what is one of the biggest factors that comes up in playoff games is you get to where little moments get magnified. Little moments take on bigger meaning because of the impact they can potentially have on a game and on a series. And Gustafson's demeanor just screams for someone who is going to be able to take all of that chaos that can happen in front of the net on the ice, just screams of someone who's going to be able to take that and block it out. And that effect will have a ripple effect on his teammates as well. In that, yes, it's going to get nuts out there. There's going to be crazy collisions and things going on in front of the net in attempt to score goals. We have confidence that our goalie is going to be able to calm that chaos and make saves. And it's not that Flurry can't do that, but the play style is way more conducive to keeping the action moving kicking rebounds out. And I just think with the action magnified, having a goalie that isn't afraid to ice things and take a breather, I think that matters. So performance on the ice, demeanor on the ice, effect that it has on the rest of the team, and a lot of what we saw that happened last year against the St. Louis Blues, It's a clear-cut choice for me. It's Philip Gustafson as your game one starter. And uh, I know we talked about that earlier in the week, but if you needed an audition for the moment as to whether or not Philip Gustafson was going to be able to handle it, I think we got our answer to that question and then some. It is interesting, too, that you have this big game and Kirill Kaprizov's out of the lineup. Matt Boldy does not score, and yet you end up winning because of two guys that can sometimes be afterthoughts, Freddie Goudreau and Sam Steele. And so to finish the episode today, 
We'll talk about those two guys, where they're at, what they bring, and why it's important as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wilds after this. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you've got to give Built Bar a try. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, 100% real chocolate. They also come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I don't know how Built Bar continues to make this happen, but these are their healthiest bars yet. These Built Bars contain just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Best of all is you no longer need to wait for your delivery to show up at your door. You can head to your local Walmart or Sam's Club today and grab yourself a box and get your snacking started the moment you get your receipt. If you don't have a Walmart or Sam's Club handy, you can still head to Built.com and order a box and then anxiously await it arriving at your door. Whichever way you choose, make sure that you choose Built Bar today. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, once again, thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure you check out the Locked On NHL podcast to get the full lowdown on the push to the postseason for everybody in and for everybody that is trying to put their foot in the door. Locked On NHL is available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, absolutely free of charge. So you have Philip Gustafson, who plays a massive role in that win against the Colorado Avalanche. If you would have told me Freddie Goudreau and Sam Steele would be the other two that would have the largest impact beyond Gustafson on this game, I might have said I could see it. I don't know if I would have believed it in this case. And let's start with talking with uh, about Sam Steele. Steele's situation this year is well documented. He has bounced around in the lineup. He played top line minutes when Ryan Hartman was injured and or not himself. He played top line minutes. Initially it went great, but then Steele's production dried up and that unit became ineffective which led to Ryan Hartman going back to the top line, and his production has increased dramatically since that moment. But after that happened, Sam Steele was left without a fixture spot in this lineup. And yet, we've seen multiple instances this year in which he is inserted into the lineup and plays as if he has not come out of the lineup a single time the entire season. He had the just absurd backhand goal against the Avalanche, um, not even not even looking at the net, just trying to kind of fling one towards Gorgiev, and it ends up going in to give the Wild the 2-1 to lead at that point. He's had some of his best games of the season after stretches in which he hasn't played. And it goes to show you that one of the things I think that really has become quite evident with this year's team as opposed to last year's team is 
the level of depth that they have in the lineup, level of depth that we're seeing right now, fill in for guys like Kirill Kaprizov. Once that full lineup gets put back together, Sam Steele is probably going to be a guy that uh, that sees a lot of time on the bench. But what makes the postseason a different animal than, say, the regular season is that you can go from being in a situation where you feel like you have a good handle on the series to having one or two injuries derail it. And I know, depending on how high up the ladder the injury is, that that obviously can be a doomsday scenario for teams when you get to the postseason. But during the regular season, you can call guys up. You can play shorthanded, things along that line. Having a guy like Sam Steele who has played on pretty much every line this year is a luxury that this team just did not have last year. And you see him slot in for Kirill Kaprizov, and I know I was not sure about that decision, Um, but it ended up in that role. He had one of his best games that first game that he got inserted in after Kirill got hurt. He goes back into the lineup after Ryan Reeves and Brandon Duhame are out. And he scores a goal. He just is a guy that has seemed to really want to make the most of opportunities when he does draw into the lineup to not be the guy that ends up being sent back to the bench once everybody else is healthy. So it may be a long shot for him to be part of the regular lineup anyway. But if there were something to happen, if something was to happen during a postseason series. You have a guy that can slot in in a short burst, a one or two game burst for a spot in pretty much any line in this lineup and be effective. And so that is something that you hope you don't necessarily have to use so that everybody else above him in the lineup is healthy. But... Sam Steele is is a player that, despite having some inconsistencies longer in the lineup, he's been a a important piece for this team from a versatility standpoint throughout the course of the season and has really impressed in gotta-have-a-good-performance-off-the-bench situations. So that was a huge reason, one of the huge reasons as to why the Wilds were able to pick up the win against Colorado. Another one was a guy who flies under the radar a lot, but just provides an incredible level of consistency in the lineup now that he has found a more suitable fixture in it. We'll talk about steady Freddie Goudreau to finish today's episode of Lockdown Wild after this. Today's episode of Lockdown Wild is brought to you by the official sports 
betting partner of Locked On. That, of course, is FanDuel Sportsbook. The NCAA tournament is nearing the finish line, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day for your second listen. Again, make sure you check out the Locked on NHL podcast to get the full push to the postseason for those that are in and those that are currently on the out. Locked on NHL is available anywhere you listen to your podcasts and on YouTube as well. So Sam Steele played a big role in the win against the Colorado Avalanche, but one of the most consistent and steadying presences on this team played a big one as well. That, of course, is Freddie Goudreau. Had two goals, not only just two goals, two shorthanded goals for this team. He had the empty netter at the end to seal it in a situation in which I think a lot of fans were a little tense in that uh, end-of-game situation, which, by the way, just as a side note, I was not aware that a delay-of-game call at that point in the game is not reviewable. That seems like something that probably should change. But also, too, I in seeing the replay, I hadn't seen that the official turned and was moving away from the play that was closest to Spurgeon sending that puck off the boards. That doesn't excuse the fact that it was clearly a missed call, but that makes it, I think, more understandable as to why that call was missed. But regardless of if it was missed or just a, an official making kind of a ill-advised opportunity to get away from the play, you can't have that type of call potentially determining the outcome of a game. Because, yes, I know Goudreau scores to make it a moot point, but what happens What happens if, say, the Avalanche score on that, uh, that power play? That should never have happened. Then what do you do? So I, I don't know if the NHL will look at that situation and say, and say probably should have that as something that's reviewable because that's just a that's a real unfortunate potential disaster to have happen if that call were to go the way that it did and Freddie Goudreau were not to have bailed things out with that empty netter to seal the game and um, and make it a moot point. So I just I thought that was interesting 
But Freddie Goudreau, two two goals because he is a guy in those situations, shorthanded, that is going to be out there on the ice. And you look at that first goal, that breakaway, makes a great play at the top of the zone and skates down the other way and beats Anton Gorgiev for the goal there. And then it, I, I would love to know if Goudreau spends a tangible amount of time practicing shootout goals and empty net goals because he made that empty netter look pretty easy. Uh, and that was mostly a full ice pass that he rifled down into the avalanche net for the game ceiling goal. But all kidding aside, what an unbelievable acquisition that was a couple of seasons ago. You you get a career year for Goudreau last year. He had uh, 14 goals. I think it was 44 points on the season. He's a little off the pace in terms of points, but Goudreau is sitting at 16 goals now for this team. And he plays... Good minutes on the penalty kill. Obviously, his shootout work speaks for itself. But look at the effect that putting him in a role he is way more suited for, that being third-line center, look at what that has done for his ability to simply impact the game on a nightly basis. He filled that second center role last year with Fiala and Boldy. But coming into the year, I think a lot of people wondered if if that was truly the guy that he was capable of being. Cause we, we didn't really know what we had in Goudreau when he uh, came here after spending time in Pittsburgh. We didn't really know what we had with him before he started playing these last two years. And career high last year, reestablishing a career high in goals this year. It's clear that he's got some offensive upside, but I think he is just a really solid bottom six guy. And moving Jewel Erickson to that second line center, allowing Goudreau to kind of be that grief line-ish um, with Felino, with Sunquist, with Duhame, with whoever it is, I think really has allowed him to settle in and be comfortable in that role and to be able to really contribute for this team um, over the uh, the last few weeks. He's got five goals in March, and on a team in which the goals for a while didn't know where they were coming from, now all of a sudden they're coming from everywhere. So it is interesting that... I, I just find it so interesting that you have a game like the game against the Avalanche where you know where most of their scoring is going to come from unless you shut those guys down completely, as the Wild did, courtesy of the uh, the work that their team did as defense. But it's just it's so funny that you assume, okay, you're playing the Avs, Matt Boldy's heater is going to continue. He's going to pot a couple of goals. You maybe get one from Zuccarello or Hartman. Um, maybe. But the goals then end up coming from Freddie Goudreau for two. 
Sam Steele, and then Marcus Johansson uh, for another as well. And that circles back to that depth piece, is that the Wilds have accumulated a lot more usable depth than they had last year. And that has allowed them to weather injuries here down the stretch. And the potential for, if anything does happen here over the next couple of weeks, the potential to be able to weather that even more. There were a couple guys into the series against the Blues last year that went in injured and were not able to be nearly as effective um, as we would have liked in that series. So depth and guys being put in positions that they're way better suited for has been just another one of the big reasons that this team is where they're at at this point in the season. So that will do it for today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Now that you're finished with your first listen, again, make sure you follow and subscribe to Lockdown Wild on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us as well on social media so you don't miss out on anything throughout the week, any previews, any postcasts, any other content we can give you throughout the week. We've got it all at those places. So make sure you follow along as we gear up for the final push to the postseason here the uh, the rest of the month of March and into the month of April as well. We've got you covered with pregame and postgame content as well as new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.